are stereotypes? What does it mean to be stereotyped? What is the model minority myth? This is Shang, Isabel, and Shane from China Cares Advocacy Committee, and we are your hosts for this episode, where we will unravel the answers to these questions with student guests from Washington University in St. Louis. In the first part of this episode, we interviewed Asian American students about their thoughts and experiences regarding quote unquote positive stereotypes. We will now have them introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Jack Shimabukuro. I use he, him, his pronouns. I'm in the class of 2023 at WashU, and I am currently uh, an IAS major concentrating in international affairs and a minor in anthro. Uh, my ethnicity is uh, Japanese descent, and I'm from Lincolnwood, Illinois, which is a small suburb right outside Chicago. I'm Victoria. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I'm majoring in communication design and minoring in biology and HCI. And um, I would say my hometown is like in Westchester County, New York, but I was born in Seattle, Washington. To get us started, what are some assumptions people have made about you? Were any of them incorrect? Some assumptions that have been made about me just throughout my life is like, I feel like as a young Asian American, we all have a lot of assumptions that are placed on upon us, whether it's through teachers or through friends, but a lot of them were academic or like culturally related. And so a lot of people assume that I am able to speak Japanese or any language that they identify me as. So sometimes they ask if I speak Chinese or Korean. And then it's always weird when they are, they are disappointed to hear that I don't speak the, the Japanese. And so that's just something that I've seen time and time again. Another obvious one is just like they expect you to be good in math or the sciences, which I am definitely not. Uh, so that's just something that I had to come to terms with that a lot of my friends would make jokes or just like assume that like in math class, I would be doing well. And that's not, that wasn't always the case in a, throughout middle school and high school. And then some other assumptions, I think just in the realm of like athletics that a like Asian Americans can only play certain sports or can only be good in certain sports. And yeah, so I believe a lot, a lot of the, like you can't be in like the super physical sports, whether it's like football or basketball, you kind of have to do more of the off brand uh, sports or off mainstream sports. And yeah, I just, to answer if like were any of them correct, I think a lot of them just are, assumptions that are made about people without any real evidence and they just look at us and assume what they want to assume so yeah, I don't think they're correct at all um I think I've gotten the classic oh they're good at math and um but another interesting one is I feel like I've been assumed to be like bad at the mother tongue like bad at Mandarin because like oh I'm an ABC and I because I was like brought up by my um, grandma for a decent amount of time when I was really little. And since my parents spoke only Chinese um, at home when I was really young, I spoke, I ended up picking up Chinese quite well. So um, that is like kind of the opposite of what I think most people get like 
assumed on. And then another less common one is probably that like, oh, I didn't look Chinese. So like whenever I would be like in the elevator with like some random person and it's like the awkward guess my race game, they always say Korean or something, which I don't think I look Korean particularly, but that was always like a point of interest. Even like family friends um, that were Chinese would say that like I didn't look Chinese, which mentally always felt a little strange because I don't know what else I would be. According to an article in The Practice, a journal by Harvard Law, the model minority designation is often applied to Asian Americans who, as a group, are often praised for apparent success across academic, economic, and cultural domains. Successes typically offered in contrast to the perceived achievements of other racial groups. We asked our interviewees, what do you think of the model minority myth? How has it affected your life? Personally, I never really thought about the model minority myth until late in high school. Like, I really didn't even like know that was a thing. Uh, I grew up in a pretty diverse and uh, diverse culturally and also economically uh, area, and my high school represented that as well. So I never really had to think about that, but I think that it definitely is a hindrance on young Asian Americans, where we just feel like we have to overperform and strive for excellence all the time. And now looking back on it, a lot of my like childhood and like adolescence was uh, shaped through this lens that we had to look through. And I think it just leads to extra anxiety, extra stress that we don't need. So when it like, I mean, for example, when it came to like college uh, decisions, I had a lot of anxiety just about the status of the colleges as I was, I was applying to, or like all like charting out my path for the next four years and then med school or like law school after that, where I was like, I feel like a lot of my other friends, there were expectations of them, but uh, it just like, I felt there was an extra level to the pressure put on Asian Americans. This is just from my experience, but yeah, I think it's a definitely added stress for no real reason. So when I was really, when I was much younger, um, like middle school and like early high school, I first started hearing the term and I actually didn't think much of it at that time because I was so immersed by it, by both um, instructors around me, my peers, and especially my parents who have sort of implemented the idea of just keeping your head down and um, not making a fuss and just doing your work and just getting a stable job. That's like the goal in life. And so having this drummed into me so profoundly made me not consider the model minority myth when I first heard about it. But um, after learning more and more about it, I had to come to terms with how much of it is ingrained in me and how um, I became also a lot more aware of its larger ramifications of pitting minorities against each other and just generalizing and um, kind of silencing the nuances of individual um, Asian Americans and other Asians. And it's very interesting how it raises the history of how basically the United States just selected for successful Asians 
So it's not just Asians that quote, like worked for where they got, but they like specifically selected for Asians who are working in fields that um, are perceived as very successful so that they kind of generated this myth right. on their right. own too. So right. that's part is like more twisted, I think. Yeah, and also another t- twisted part is I feel like they kind of use the model minority as like an example to why, like, well, obviously it, this is not true, but like they try to say that there's no racism in America because like, oh, look at like the Asians, they're they're doing fine, they're the minority, right? But like, it's like not good because they're just like using it in, to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And it's, but like, as you said, they were just kind of like selecting for like the successful ones and they like turned a blind eye on like the ones that like probably not as successful for some like one reason or another. How have quote-unquote positive stereotypes affected decisions you've made? So these positive stereotypes that have been put on me, whether it's like you're good at math or uh, like hard worker and all of that, I think it's definitely shaped it the choices I've made throughout my life, starting from like toddler to now as a college student. I just remember when I was going into freshman year of high school where you have to kind of decide like what sport you're going to try out and all of that. I really liked uh, like basketball, even though I wasn't good. I really wanted to try out for the team, but a lot of my friends were just making, making fun of me that like you, like basketball is meant for like more, like obviously taller people, more athletic people. And so that kind of put me down, I guess it's not a positive stereotype, but it's a stereotype that affected my decision-making But in the more academic sense, uh, the positive stereotype of Asians being academics and good at math and studious and all of this, uh, it definitely affected me in the aspect that like I chose to take the harder classes and dedicate more time to studies and like stress myself about stress myself out about the classes more than I should have because I've wanted to fit this positive stereotype of being a good student and getting straight A's and like making my parents proud and all of that. So, and then now as a college student, the positive stereotype of like Asians being like leaders in the workforce, whether it's being a doctor or a lawyer or like some very successful person, it's definitely uh, something I'm considering right now because I always thought growing up I was going to be a doctor, but again, I am uh, not gifted in the sciences or mathematics. So I, uh, and now I'm coming to terms with what well, do I want to go to law school? And like, that's just something that like I felt like I always had to do to reach the status that was expected of me from my family and all of that. But now I'm coming to terms with that. I don't want to pursue law school. I'm not interested in three years of just reading books all the time and presenting cases and all that. So it's just definitely these positive stereotypes have shaped not only like my social life, but also now my career and what I want to do with my life. So, yeah. So... I feel like many Asians, especially East Asians, experience being stereotyped of being good at STEM 
good at um, math-related subjects. And with that, it actually eventually repelled me from the subject because um, I was not fantastic at math. Like I was in like the accelerated level, but I was probably the worst performing in the accelerated level. And so it gave me some interesting cognitive dissonance where it's just, if I complain about my math skills, people who weren't in that um, math level would say like, okay, oh, ha ha, you're complaining. And, but against my peers, I visibly not as good. And it cost a lot of um, anxiety about just performance anxiety. And it made me feel just very inadequate when measured up to my competent, more competent peers, just felt like an imposter really. And eventually I slowly kind of broke out of it and started like trusting my own senses and just studying but it was mentally not a very good time and just whenever I hear any sort of like casual need for people to do math like in everyday life I would just seize up internally uh, back then and um, yeah there's a lot more expectation for you when you have positive stereotypes and the higher the expectation, the harder you fall. What would you say to someone that believes positive stereotypes help Asians? Uh, that's a tricky subject because I think that obviously being labeled as hardworking and studious and like it's a obviously it's better than being considered lazy but i think it's very it's, it comes from a place of privilege where you can just say like oh yeah like well that's a good thing like that helps you guys out like i would want to be labeled as studious and academic but i think the problem was with, with putting these labels just generally on people based on how they look or what their ethnicity is it these labels of like being hardworking uh, create extra stress for young Asian Americans, at least from my experience, I just felt like I, again, I had to perform or be better than what I was doing at the moment. And you just never feel like you're satisfied with where you're at in life. Cause you always feel like you have to keep on striving for excellence or whatever that means. And so yes, in a way it helps in the aspect that it makes at least from my experience and like from my friend's experience, it makes us work harder, but in the asp it's not good for like our emotional or like psychological standpoint where we just feel all this extra stress and we never feel good enough. And we keep on striving to get like affirmation from people. So it's a double edged sword. Like obviously I'd be, I'd prefer being called hardworking, but it's definitely, I don't think people see the negative side of the anxiety and the stress that comes with that label. So, yeah. So when I was younger, I too was like leaning into the positive stereotype a lot because I feel like a lot of people, myself included, had the, the like gift, quote unquote, gifted children, right? And then they received this praise as a kid and then it's like, oh, this has become part of my identity. And then when you stagnate, when your brain stops, like 
taking things in so quickly the way younger children's uh, brains were um, in development and are designed to do at that time. When you're past that stage, things get harder and you start kind of like questioning your abilities. Whereas people who were never placed with that expectation of being gifted or being um, above to do, above what is expected um, and to be, um, to have like these positive stereotypes set up around them, they, A, are given the space to grow and figure things out on their own. And B, they had um, sort of mental practice in having to put in the work for certain things. So that's why, you know, the burnt out gifted child happens because from starting off very strong and um, kind of having to um, get farther by working the same amount, when they don't have that anymore, it becomes a lot harder. And when you add positive stereotypes onto that, it only exacerbates things. And as for changing the views of from that, I guess you can imagine if every award, every job promotion compliment and just anything in that range was just um, attributed to like, oh, you're tall or, oh, um, this person just slept their way to the top of the company. I mean, that's a terrible way to just discount their, someone's achievements. And it's no better than just saying, oh, they're lucky. And I don't think anybody would appreciate if their work was discounted like that. It feels like somebody, the slacker in your group, just took all the credit, right? I wish I could come up with something quippier or more profound to like change someone's mind. But I mean, that's essentially what it is, I think. Thank you, Victoria and Jack, for sharing your insights and experiences with us. In the next portion of this episode, we invited two other WashU students to have a conversation about how their experiences with Asian stereotypes differ from each other. Stay tuned for part two to hear what they have to say. <laughs>